Uh, I'm going to start this episode off then with saying... <clears throat> oh, you're going to start it. Get it. What happened to my grandfather? Oh my God. Stop. Okay, go. I'm going to start by saying I quit this goddamn podcast. Uh, you should. <laughs> We're not worth it. <laughs> going to start this off by saying this episode is going to contain exclusively spoilers for a movie that you do not want to go in and see spoiled. It's great, full of setups and payoffs, full of really smart, you know, tricks. So if you're going to keep listening to this episode about Knives Out, know that it's going to be chock full of spoilers. This is a... There will be spoilers. <laughs> this is a many spoilers. Don't listen to us first. See it yourself. Yeah, totally. As I think the message is always for every movie we talk about. (laughs) But here we go. I don't know. Remember Crawl? You were not recommending people see Crawl. I recommended people rent it. By the way, fucking sidebar. Can we fucking sidebar for a second? Please do. Um, I follow the uh, Hollywood Critics Association on Twitter. And those motherfuckers gave that goddamn movie a nomination for best horror film of the year yeah. and i was like am i in a fucking closet dimension what are we doing here oh my that's a big old wow for me oh, best of the year though huh. i mean must have been huh. a slow year i guess this year i don't know there were some pretty heartfelt moments right around when they were drowning right <laughs> yeah it's <guess> true <laughs> Uh, Dad, right, I so just back love to... you so much. I just also uh, that there's that pull quote from IndieWire that said Quentin Tarantino says Crawl might be his favorite movie of the year. Oh, there it oh, is. Damn, I was confirmed. like, I don't. Without the context and tone of how Quentin Tarantino said that sentence, I don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, Crawl was my favorite movie of the year. Uh, well, that was that was all. I would jump out, jump on in, y'all. Oh, okay. Let's talk about this fucking <laughs> A-list cast with this great this, Ryan. This Johnson. cast is like upsetting. It's, I feel like if the if if even if the script sucked, which it didn't, it's amazing. But even if the script sucked, you can't even go wrong. Every single person is good. They got Frank Oz out from behind a puppet to be in this movie. Oh yeah, and he's very good. He was the lawyer. In case anyone's wondering, he was Whoa, the lawyer. I had no idea. Yeah. That's awesome. I um, forgot. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, Marta had the most beautiful. I know this doesn't do anything about her as a, a cast member or like in storytelling, but she had the best face and the best deer in the headlights look for this whole movie. She, definitely, Anna De Armas is a god, um, and she should be in every movie. I think. Her I think I'd beautiful. like to make a decree. I think that might get old. Every, every every movie. movie? I don't I think, know. I mean, that seems excessive. I thought she had kind of a baby Eliza Dushku kind of face. Yeah, she totally did. Yeah. Way mm. to bring in that name. Proud of you. Dushku. Like, it's just like a real deep dig. Uh, well, I mean, I they're both beautiful, but she's got that perfect bow bow lips. Totally. You know, had the perfect look for this role. Who's the girl from? Um, 
What's that Star Wars movie that you think is a film, but it's not? Rogue One. <laughs> Rogue One. Who's the girl from that movie? Uh, Felicity that Jones. Girl, but, Felicity yeah. Jones. I thought she looked so much like Felicity Jones. For oh, a interesting. While. I yeah. interesting. see every every woman in Hollywood right now has big woodland creature eyes right? and yeah. puffy lips. <laughs> yeah, so exactly. this is what we're working with I mean, here. I'm not mad about it. It's okay. Someone in here's favorite type. So it is my favorite type. Oh. Should have slapped some glasses on that girl. Oh my god, yeah. you give her a little bit more attitude and i would have been dying that entire movie you know what i will say though her cute floral button-ups over sweat or under sweaters oh. perfectly tailored to and me. her and her very I 1990s mean, pants yeah yeah, yeah. Right? always like, what is all going over on? a little high water yeah not yeah. form-fitting whatsoever i just i couldn't believe that they were dressing her from like the Kirkland clearance section. Yeah, I was I like, mean, she yeah. still is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my it life. It was adorable. It was an extreme contrast to Chris Evans' entire wardrobe. Which, uh, uh, Chris the sweater Evans has been wardrobe. the talk of the town. The puffed sleeves, the like, caught, like the weird like end of sleeve collars. I don't even know what to call them at that point. They and like fanned it was out. Mm-hmm. That, that camel trench coat gets its own Oscar, as far as I'm concerned. It is ridiculous. Basically, wardrobe department, we love you. Yeah, I could not think of a single part of this movie. Writing was great. Sound design was great. Cinematography, great. Wardrobe, incredible. Score. Set design, amazing. Yeah, score. Set design was cool. Yeah. Score, great. Ton, ton of set design, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole mansion was very neat. Every like little corner and room yes. they'd go mm-hmm. into was very mm-hmm. cool looking, yeah. What? That was shot on location in Boston. Oh, yeah, that cool. house exists, I love which that. is fucking wild to me. <laughs> One of my favorite things that movies do and make me just laugh a lot is when you're seeing a story unfold from one person's perspective and then you go to another person telling the exact same story at the exact same time and everything is completely different. So when these this family is being interviewed at the beginning-ish of this movie, mm-hmm. you have Tony Collette's character... Um, describing <laughs> so you know, good. what's happening and you see like people kissing the dad's face and you see just how all these players right. and then you have the son right and it wasn't even tony collette god damn it you see jamie lee curtis's character oh, telling okay. this story <laughs> i mean it also happens to tony it collette does. it just yeah. didn't start with tony it collette start with it i'm literally quitting this podcast your point you is, is still valid <laughs> hey, um, hey. is goddamn I like it when they just show the same thing. Like pull perspective and stuff. Yeah, I'm over it. Well, what I I think this movie did um, that I haven't seen personally any other movie do is play with dramatic irony that way that you're talking about where we we knew she killed him from like 15 minutes in and yet we still got to watch everyone fucking tear each other apart trying to solve the murder that we already solved. Yeah. And somehow didn't solve at the same time. Yeah. Like it was this genius like web of like, I'm comfortable because I know she killed him. Right. But at the same time, motherfucking ransom up in here trying to ruin everything else. (laughs) Yeah. I was, I was extremely curious because like, just like you're saying, like 15 or so minutes, maybe a little longer. I think it might've been maybe 20 or something, but yeah, we see the dude like literally kill himself and I'm like, how, where the fuck do we go from here? This is here? a two-hour yeah. movie. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing for you know, two hours? Now, movie, what the fuck Ryan? Is the plan, I know? was very concerned when that whole scene played out because I was like, literally, like, wait a second. We've got a long way to go here. Right, yeah. um, are we just going to see, like, Daniel Craig walk around in his southern drawl until he solves it? I wouldn't be mad about it. I'd be okay truth. with that movie. <laughs> like, it, it was a little disconcerting for me, and I was kind of just trying to 
be at peace and just mm. go along just for the ride. For and the ride, then, yeah. of course, at the end, it, it comes around and it was a very, I think, enjoyable ending. Oh, well, it was so good. Especially with how they um, like immediately start playing with unreliable narrators. Mm, yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, is Anna de Armas, Marta, an unreliable narrator? So even though we're seeing her mind, is she lying to us and on, on like a fourth wall level of lying to us? And like Daniel Craig's going to like turn around and go, and then everything you've seen has been a lie so far. Yeah, yeah. Like it's going to be full 1985 clue where I'm like, what, what are we What's even doing? Speaking that, of Daniel Craig, uh, his accent, I, it took me a hot minute to be like, this is not the office. Don't laugh at this accent right now. <laughs> the like murder right. mystery episode yeah. where Andy is the same right. Southern gentleman. Right. Murder yes. is... A foot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I didn't find it too distracting. I felt like more the the trailers and um just kind of seeing it like out of context. I thought it was like, ooh, that's a rough accent. I think in the whole, you know, context oh, of so the movie, good. uh it you know, I com- completely gave up on like uh questioning his accent. It was like, oh, I'm just in on it. You no, know, yeah, that's, I that's thought just, it was great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the same well, as like his accent it was such and a... his, the set design and just everything is so almost like fantastical. Over the is, top. Yeah, it's yeah. just like it all fit well. So you're buying into this whole like thing very early from the very beginning. Even the character, each character's personalities is just so exaggerated mm-hmm. and it just right. matches even though they don't all have weird accents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the things well, and uh, it's Go ahead, Carly. It's an interesting homage to like Agatha Christie and how Poirot has like such a stupid accent in comparison to everyone else. Mm -hmm. So here it was like this. It it was a good like I see what they're doing there, but also completely new telling of that particular dynamic of this man is such an extreme fish out of water, even though these people are completely unrelatable. He's still the unrelatable one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I read a, an interview earlier that was basically saying how Ryan Johnson was inspired by the those Agatha Christie kind of tropes and yeah. whatnot, and wanted to kind of bring it to a modern context and throw it in an American setting when those are traditionally, I guess, in Brit like a British old timey um, context. And so he his big thing was, I, I really like this genre. I really like this trope. These tropes. Um, let's put it in a modern context instead of like another period piece kind of a thing mm-hmm. and have fun with it. So I, I definitely liked that aspect of it. And I liked that he kind of, I don't know if he twisted it or if it's just my experience like with, uh, oh, what's the guy? The guy, Psycho. Hitchcock, sorry. Oh, Hitchcock. <laughs> I had Albert to get Hitchcock. there. Like, who's the psycho? You know, so the Hitchcock, you know, it was always kind of like twisting, like who you, which characters you trust. And in this one, it's like, you know, you're you're trying to figure out, do I trust this person who's supposedly the good guy? Oh, yeah. Or like Ransom is portrayed as the bad guy, but is he really going to be the good guy when he tries to help her? And then at the end, it's like, no, we were right no. all along. I don't remember. Is it I mean, Meg? Is that her name? The, do- the, the daughter, daughter yeah. the girl from 13 Reasons such Why. a great job of being like, oh, this is a trusted friend of hers. They do that specifically mm-hmm. with both the women, Meg and then the housekeeper whose name I can't remember. Fran. That's what I was thinking, but Meg and Fran. Fran? Fran. Fran. Yeah. So, you know, you have Fran who seems very friendly and like they're, you know, pals and you have Meg and then both of them like are twisted to where Meg, you see Meg make this phone call that's pretty manipulative in front of her whole family, and you feel like, oh fuck, yeah, that you, feels you like shit. What a shitty fucker, thing. Yeah. And then, 
when you see Fran, you know, and it looks like she's setting her up, it's like, I was telling Trevor, both, at least the Fran one, I was like, this is fucked. I feel like this is, this is too unrealistic here because it's wrong. It feels wrong. wrong, And it is wrong. All these people, it doesn't feel so wrong to have Meg turn on her because Meg is spoiled and wants the money. And she's part of the family. The Meg turn was very like get out esque where I was like, I want to trust Meg, but I know that the way he's writing this family, she's supposed to look nice and she's going to be the one that fucking puts the knife yeah. in everyone's back in the end. Um, I loved at the end too, just like the subtleties on just kind of everything uh, where you literally see the dynamic shift where the entire family is like, quote unquote, poor. Now I'm sure they're not poor. They're standing on the ground looking up to the one person who has everything that they thought that they deserved. And she's drinking out of that great my house. Yeah, my, my house. That mug that says my, my house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The mug thing was, it was I loved such, that. Again, it was such a cute detail. This I movie is full of fucking setups and payoffs and some that are even just like yes. red herring setups because at the beginning, her sister is watching a true crime show about a nanny cam. So I was like, did they really just give away this movie in the first five minutes that it's going to be a nanny cam? Because that entire house is full of eyes and everybody watching. Especially when they they hit that first point of security footage. Yeah. But she disarms the security footage so quickly that it was like, I was with you. Where I was like, oh, it's all going to be right here. This is it. That security footage thing made me laugh because I was like, if we took Mila to that, she wouldn't understand that a magnet is going to erase this VHS. <laughs> I know he down. says that, yeah. but like... I actually, I heard people in the theater being like, what did she, what is that? What did she do? Oh like I could hear people God. talking to my left or something that were like, what the fuck happened just now? I'm going to be honest right now. I mean, did you it, not know? it was subtle. I legit it was very she grabbed quick. like an ashtray and burned it. Stop. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a magnet. He, yeah. The guy, the like security guy, he's, he sets it up very subtly where he says like, oh, I use the same tape. I use a magnet and erase everything. Mm-hmm. But it's like uh, very Yeah, every subtle. night. But for some reason, I didn't do it tonight. Yeah. And then she's fucking rubbing this magnet on it. And I'm like, nobody is going to understand that if you were not scared of putting your movies next to magnets. And if you, right. I guess, didn't see I, my club i never okay i've seen that but i guess i didn't pick up on it i never knew you didn't so in you, fight club they have like that whole scene where they take magnets into the video store and they erase everything uh, well don't worry jessica it's dead technology it'll never affect you again. that's not true i just bought a vhs recently brand they're new. coming that's back <laughs> nostalgia. they are not coming back i'll never yes, get are. rid of my titanic double oh, the way that final is coming back everyone's gonna love rewinding their shit I and know. getting irritated at each other <laughs> when they forget yeah Perfect. it's a pastime <laughs> i did tell a me family staple Okay, we're getting off track here. Okay. We need to, we need to get back. Uh, I, Jesse and I were sitting behind the dumbest woman we've ever sat oh, in a movie yeah. theater. Yeah, I do. I, I do want to bring Speaking this up. It was track. quite traumatic. Alarming. It was alarming. Oh, it's, yeah. you know, it was interesting. We were seeing so many perspectives on this murder in this murder movie. And, and I thought Ryan brought in some good elements of like class and, you know, culture um, and I don't know. There was the whole immigrant situation. What it's like to be a family yeah, at there Thanksgiving. Yeah, there was a oh, big subplot Yeah, big. But what, just like, I don't know if it was a subplot or just like commentary, but uh, I sub, did. Sorry, subtext is what I meant Subtext, to say. yeah. Uh, but so this this thing happened, and I actually quite enjoyed that Chris Evans' character ended up being the bad guy because mm-hmm. it's so like against type. And, you know, the whole time you're like as fans of him, I think you're hoping like, 
oh no he's gonna be the good guy and then at the end you're like oh no he's just a shit he's shit a shithead head, for sure <laughs> um but so that scene where he reveals his real true self and that he admits he killed admits he yeah, killed he yeah and then goes for the you know in for a penny yeah um it's like you know that was actually a really cool scene and so he grabs the knife and he just dives in for and you're like oh yeah he, he's fucking going for it yeah. he doesn't even care there's cops around witnesses yeah. everything like this dude's he's a just straight up murderer straight right up now. murderer doesn't even care mm-hmm. um and of course it ends up being a a prop knife, prop prop knife. which was which, set up from the beginning yes, so well also set up in the beginning yeah a good payoff there yes. too loved mm-hmm. that. like that move, moment actually turned out like really you know fun because mm-hmm. he's just like ah shit and they haul him up and take him off jail but anyway the point of the story is this fucking lady in front of me the who dumbest by the way bitch. i just want to say <laughs> leaned all the way back in her chair so my knees were cramped movie theater etiquette motherfucker yeah, yeah. unacceptable she says this and is I mean, not an exit row here's another <laughs> you know etiquette rule she broke is she's talking aloud giving her own fucking commentary on the movie and made me break my own rule because <laughs> she says, "Oh, I feel bad for him. He just wants money." He just and wants I, money. poor guy, my, poor I guy. lost my eyebrows. I know my eyeballs Hear popped it? out of my head, and I said, "Did you?" fucking hear that <laughs> page and i wanted to like like my foot was very close to her head and i was very close to an assault charge oh, I'm sorry. i just like, I'm sorry. are you fucking kidding me we're sympathizing with the murderer the, murder, I know. the super rich murderer who yes. just who's super. killing only for the sake of money yes. literally just I called was, her a little bitch i called her a little bitch <laughs> Die. I mean, I was very loud about my like uh, malice yeah. towards yeah. that yeah, that situation. Was, uh, I shocking. I literally, I could have become a murderer I in this know. movie theater. I'm not gonna lie. I know it was. It was just like shocking. I don't know how other <laughs> like were to say how did shocking. you miss the entire yeah. goddamn yeah. point? Have of we not this watched? Yeah, we watched whole this whole movie. movie where this entire family is horrible people. Yeah. And, uh, and she, end, like, deserves gets, to get this inheritance. Guy. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> poor guy. They Ugh. do, a, I feel like, a good job with um, Ransom's character because, like, for some reason she gets into his car because she wants to get away, right? And he's, like, driving her away, and he he seems to be very happy with this, this situation, this outcome where none of his family is getting any of this money. And then he takes her to a restaurant, and he's like, just tell me everything. Oh, by the way, I just manipulated you into eating all this food, so you barf in front of me, right? And you're like, oh, that's a right. real shitty move. Yeah. But some for some reason, you're still, like, trusting him a little bit. And then he gets arrested. Yeah, I mean, he, gets, he like, never hides he's an he asshole. He doesn't hide it, but for some reason, you're like as if you were fighting against just tr- like believing what he's showing you yeah because he it's, then even fucking it's because he's hot right? you can't you want to trust him he's hot i, know, I did love that that was his whole his whole don't order, lie to me whole... chris please don't lie to I me know. yeah i mean that's kind of the point i think and what they're playing with is like <laughs> i mean history shows that don't trust the hot guy you they don't can trust walt yeah. right because he's got a cane and he like it shows really great shots of him gripping the cane and you're like oh he's gonna beat the shit out of her but he doesn't do anything to her but other than like kind of be a manipul like a verbally he's just massively douche, depressed right? <laughs> versus chris who is a physically manipulative douche mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like I yeah know. you just don't buy into it and i think you're right it is this is like he's a pretty boy and then it, other people well are not, and, so. and ryan johnson managed to cast like america's golden retriever <laughs> like everyone's like look at this man i trust him like yeah. 
uh, Captain uh, America. Though he did come from being a douchebag. That's America's ass, and I trusted it. And that other movie with um oh Scott Pilgrim versus the World. He was a douchebag. He was bad guy in that movie. The the movie with um oh man the girl from House Bunny. Oh, Anna. Oh, Harris? what's your yeah, number? Yeah. What's he your was an number? asshole, but he wasn't like a bad person. Yeah, he was he just a, a slut. This is definitely his, fine. As far as we know, his first murder role. But it is. But it, it, makes it, well. it, it makes it even more weird for us to be like, it's because he's just got a great face. When it's like, no, he's been playing an asshole sporadically for a while. Yeah. It's just we all like him so much. <laughs> yeah. We don't want him to be an asshole. <laughs> he's just such a nice person. It's, it's, it's like such a good way to like kind of, I don't know, twist your audience around, I think. Yeah. Well, let's just go. Let's the question of the the half hour here, hmm. right? Is this a film or is it a movie? Pretty easy for me, guys. Fun movie, yeah. but it's a movie. Oh, okay, thank God. I, thought, <laughs> I was like, I got really nervous that we were going to have to like re- truly debate on like the merits of this of it being a film, and I'm like, I just wasn't feeling film at all. I wasn't feeling thing. film either, but I do, I do think it's like seriously one of the best movies I've yeah. seen in a while. And, and it, it is hard. I think it does have film elements, though. I think it's I not to be this guy. Go ahead. Um, no, you can't be this guy. Like, you can't absolutely, be absolutely. <laughs> you can't be both, but I do want. I think it is more of a movie, but it played with dramatic irony the way I've never seen anyone play with it before. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think that's worth noting. That is something that's different, um, which is what we've talked about as part of like what makes a film. Structurally, it was different than anything I'd ever seen before. That's very true. Um, I feel like I don't I mean, it is unique in that. But like anytime I try to describe this to people, I'm like, oh, it's just like new clue. Yeah. And they even reference Clue in it. And mm-hmm. I yeah. just like that's why I didn't feel like it was a whole brand new sweeping. Thing I think even Ryan me. Yeah, I think even Ryan Johnson. But we didn't have the same power of knowledge in Clue that we have with this movie. Yeah. Which is the only reason I would set it apart from Clue yeah. is Clue right. Clue it just it's shocking at the end because there's literally three different endings to that movie. Mm-hmm. I'm Whereas like this is like <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think even Ryan kind of admits like he just wanted to have fun with like a genre that he has loved. And mm-hmm. so I don't know that it was right. so much unique, but I do think they went big in like all their things and they hit it, you know, on the head so well. We talked about this like you know, cast and yeah. um and like wardrobe and and set design and everything was so amazing but um it was really just purely like they just hit it great on that entertainment i want to add on to that too because you can tell when you're watching this movie that this is a person who fucking knows this genre it's like there's it it just feels different because you're like every single one of these things is so specific and so well like thought out that this isn't just a person who decided i'm gonna make a mystery movie it's a person who's like well, a and fan a person who took 10 years to write this script. Like when we look at, you know, Ryan Johnson says he took 10 years to write this script versus James Cameron, who's like, I took 10 years to write Avatar. And you can see the receipts in this movie. That <laughs> yeah. it took a decade we can tell you actually movie. just watch Pocahontas, Cam. Get out of here. Yeah. Well, and, um, golly. Ryan Johnson, he has kind of um, some history in the, the mystery noir Ooh. genre. Um, there's another movie he made called Brick, and it's a very like indie type film. It has Ooh, spoilers. A, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, spoilers, <laughs> spoilers, guys. Uh, it's it's indie. Who was also in this movie? Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was in this movie. Yeah, he had a he had a VO part in this oh, movie. Voiceover. 
Because he's been in every Ryan Johnson movie. Interesting. So okay. Besties. They threw him in. Um, well, yeah. Anyway, so that one's like, uh, it's like, that one's about a high school kid who's like, it's almost like he's like that tough as nails uh, private detective, you know, noir type, but it takes place like in high school. It's a very strange hmm. um, setup, but you know, the kid's like investigating a missing girl. Um, and so, like I said, it's kind of got uh, similar roots um, as kind of what this has. And so I think Ryan Johnson, uh, you can tell that he definitely loves the mystery genre, you know, and uh, I think it shows 100% in this movie. Right. Where, kind of like you're saying, it's like we know the tropes well, of, of a mystery. And Ryan Johnson kind of took us through a windy, twisty, different path that no one really saw coming. So that was yeah. really nice. I um, want to hit on like he he really hits on the details well I think and one thing that I want to see if you guys were noticing that I kind of liked was they kept showing his portrait the the mm-hmm. dad's portrait and every time like depending on the context it like his facial expression seemed just a little it bit different totally. right I didn't even notice so that. like you know when she was really yeah, panicking his smile it will change like a little grimacy, bit Hold and then no, at, no I want to add to that keep going before you okay, go away at the end like everything kind of gets resolved and his expression is actually it seems like lighter and he's you know his smile is more friendly and I, I thought that was you know that again that driving little detail within the a little thread within the, right. the movie where it's you know she where you're not sure yeah well, you're not sure are we going to be okay and then mm. at the end you know it's okay cool um so there's this um type uh there's this effect and i can't remember how to pronounce it um let the google pronounce it Kuleshov effect, maybe. And so it's an editing technique, which was done very, very early on in early filmmaking days where they would play a sound or show something that was graphic and then show a face. And then they would play another sound or show something that was differently and they'd show a face. And they would ask people, which is the happier face? And they would associate the brighter, cheerier sounds with the secondary face, but the actual face never changes. So it's the the surrounding context. So what I was noticing in that is I didn't, I didn't pay, I don't think that the face moved. I think that the literal sound cues before every single time they showed the face was giving this like, I think cool shop effect. Right. Yeah. You're getting like, some different or like, context. like lighting and whatnot too. Well, I think the light yeah. source also moved like at sometimes he was bottom lit and sometimes he was top lit. And even though the face was like fairly mm. neutral, I'm pretty sure it changed in that last shot. I mean, I don't know I'm for sure you, if it did, but I like the editing effect, like that thread of like you feel like worrisome, worrisome, like, oh, this is going bad. And then at the end, it feels good again, you know, and mm-hmm. you see him like he, he his expression seems right. happier. I just I liked that. I thought that was neat. But in a movie completely about manipulation, what you're saying, Paige, it would. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, fucking it's, perfect it's, it's, if he did that. It's literally just. I can, you can look up it's let me read it K- no it's genius k-u-l-e-s-h-o-v for anybody who wants to look up this effect Kuleshov effect could be pronouncing that wrong learned about it in editing many years ago and it is you can watch this video where you really think that this dude's face is changing and it shows you like food and it's like oh that man's hungry and it shows you a casket yeah, and you're like oh, he's sad. Is that his daughter? And it's literally the same fucking face. And you are the one manipulating it and giving it context that it didn't have before. Right. Yeah, no, I'm sure that's what they did. I think it's, I just think it's great. I thought it was a yeah, cool I love. I just, of referencing and go, going back to yeah, that. And, early on filmmaking techniques yeah. here that are, and I maybe, mean, yeah, you know, even at the end, I was like, I couldn't, I was questioning if it had changed or if it was the music and the tone and like you're saying, the lighting. Because mm-hmm. I don't, like, it would be weird for it to change if nothing right, right, else right. in the rest of that movie changed. Right. But It makes sense to me, so I, I liked it, yeah. Um, 
So maybe I'll look into that more. And also, you know, my sweet boy, Christopher Plummer. I just love him. Oh, he's great. I just <laughs> love him. Man. Yeah. I'm sad that at the end you find out he really didn't have to do that. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. I was that like, was a real bummer, huh? <laughs> yeah, we're like, Jesus. Wow. All right. But... Thank but you. The really, fucking you tragedy of that movie. Want to help her? I thought that was sweet. Yeah, because she had a good heart. She oh my god, heart. it was ridiculous. <laughs> 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 yeah, props to that. Props to to everyone. I say, even though we, I mean, it's seriously one of the best movies I've seen. Yeah, it's so long. Everybody should just if you didn't stop the podcast at the beginning of the episode, and you now have just like a pocket full of spoilers, just still go see it anyway. Yeah, yeah. it's it was- really fun. I will Absolutely. say and, uh, that all of the marketing has been saying, see it with the biggest audience. But based off of mm. your experience and my experience of people just behind me having to like walk everyone through every single plot point, I almost mm-hmm. would not see it with the biggest audience you can see because oh, a m- Murder on the Orient Express was the same way. And I knew how that was going to end. And it was still irritating mm. to have people behind me. Mm try and fucking suss out the movie to each other so i would say maybe like have a singular experience with it i think it sounds like we just need to reference people back to uh, one of our earlier episodes which is you can't on the sheep to behave i want y'all to know i've taken sneak drinks into the last two movies that we went to the same hoe who is so sad that you know another white dude couldn't murder another woman on screen um did not even try to hide her sneak drink and she was fucking shopping on target during the trailers oh, and i was yeah. like god damn it, i hate you she she's the worst she was a monster, what a monster. She was a monster. Yeah. um i know i i could understand like seeing it singularly too but there were a couple parts that were funny but were more funny because there was a lot of people laughing and yeah I, that's I true that that's fun. true so yeah. if you can find that magical audience that is a, a whole bunch of respectful people Never like, leave if that you could see it in like a never, yeah, house never, theater never or something. Never leave, leave that, that theater. Yeah. Never yes. let anyone leave that theater and just watch every movie you've ever wanted to see. You are living the dream. We are now yeah. all yeah. best friends. Let's blood pack. Yeah. We only yeah. go to movies together. I'm going to stand at the door. Everyone, everyone get a knife out. Let's emails. hold hands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. That's great. Um. Yeah. Well. That's that's it, yeah. That's it. Great movie, y'all. Great movie, y'all. Great movie, y'all. That's a great movie, y'all. Y'all. That was a great movie, y'all. I don't think I can do it. I, I can't. Can I can't go as deep as he goes. It's literally just like if you relax <laughs> every muscle in your face coming out of your mouth. It's like molasses dripping out your mouth. Benoit. Benoit.